0: Shalom, I'm Mitch Glazer, president of Chosen People Ministries. And with me today is my co-host, Robert Walter, the leader of our Brooklyn branch. We call that Jerusalem West. And uh, we'll be talking with Bobby about uh, Jerusalem and some of the great things God's doing in the Holy Land today. So welcome, Bobby.
1: That's right, Mitch. Thank you so much. And shalom to you and shalom to everyone else. I'm very excited to talk with you today on The Chosen People We are going to be talking about the history of the city from the days of Abraham and Isaac all the way up, tracing Jerusalem throughout the Bible.
0: And I'll try and bring in some of the present, Bobby. Jerusalem is is a biblical city. It's got a great history in Scripture. And then, of course, it is a future city where the Messiah will reign as king. But it's also a very important present city, the capital of Israel, of course. And it is... um, filled with religious Jewish people and secular Jewish people. As we say in Hebrew, I'm going to teach everybody a Hebrew word, so listen carefully, Balagan, Balagan. It's a Hebrew word, which means it's complex. <laughs> and Jerusalem is very complex, and uh, we're going to learn more about it today. We're also going to talk to Robin, uh, one of our chosen people leaders living in Jerusalem, and she's going to fill us in on what God is doing through the staff of Chosen People Ministries in Israel today. So, I'm really excited about that, Bobby. Mitch,
1: let's just jump right into the topic here of Jerusalem in the Bible. And really, one of the first uh, outright allusions to or mentions of this special region in the land of Canaan, way back in the time of Abraham and Isaac, it's found in Genesis chapter 22. In Genesis 22, we find God testing Abraham and calling Abraham to actually take his son, the son that he loves, Isaac, and then take him to Mount Moriah, th- this place that God would show him, Mount Moriah, and offer him up as a sacrifice. Now, ultimately, we see, you know, it's such a uh, an intense, harrowing account of uh, Abraham, you know, trusting God and having, you know, what many describe as uh, resurrection faith uh, because he, he knew, he trusted that this was the son of promise, as God said, but yet he would have to actually slay him. So he must have believed in some way that God would indeed resurrect or raise Isaac up, even if Abraham slayed him.
0: Bobby, if I might add, actually, uh, in rabbinic literature, uh, there are many who suggest that Isaac actually died on the altar that Abram built That's right. Uh, when he saw the knife and that he died of fear. Hmm. And so there is this whole death and resurrection motif, even in rabbinic literature.
1: That's right. And it's significant, you know, the reason we mention it is because of this region, Mount Moriah, because as we follow the scriptures going forward, we see this Mount Moriah alluded to and mentioned a number of times. Eventually, jumping ahead a little bit, we see later in Second Chronicles three one that it was that place, Mount Moriah, where the temple would actually be built by Solomon.
0: Yeah. Speaking about the temple, in Exodus 15, verse 17, we read, you will bring them and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And so God always had Jerusalem in mind as both the political and sacred capital of the Jewish people. Mm. Of course, the political uh, capital is where the king of Israel would reign, it's also the spiritual capital and it's the spiritual capital because Jerusalem is where the temple would be built I'm reading Bobby from uh, Deuteronomy chapter 12 uh, verse 10 uh, listen carefully when you cross the Jordan Moses speaking to the Jewish people mm-hmm. and live in the land which the Lord your God is going to give you by inheritance and he gives you rest from all your enemies around you so that you live securely Then it shall come about that the place in which the Lord your God will choose for his name to dwell, there you shall bring all that I command you. Now, here's what the Israelites were to bring. That's why we know it's Jerusalem. Your burnt offerings and your sacrifices, your tithes and the contribution of your hand, and all your choice votive offerings, which you will vow to the Lord. So clearly... God was giving the promised land to the Jewish people, but there also was a promised city. Mm -hmm. There was a capital city where the king would reign and where the sanctuary would be built, where atonement would be made for the Jewish people. This makes Jerusalem set apart and separate from all other cities in Israel and all other cities in the world.
1: Exactly. Again, jumping ahead in Israel's history, we continue to see this special nature of Jerusalem as being the epicenter, religiously, spiritually, but also, you know, politically uh, with King David. Because for hundreds and hundreds of years, it was a, a mobile tabernacle. It wasn't established just in one place. But then David comes along. David is anointed king, uh, and he's a a special king who ruled and reigned in Israel and and fought many wars. Uh, And ultimately, when he finally sort of ascended to the throne... He ruled over Israel for 40 years. For the first seven years, he was in Hebron, but then for 33 years, he was in Jerusalem. So, he established his palace in Jerusalem, but then the big thing that he did in 2 Samuel six nineteen, we see that he moved the Ark of the Covenant into Jerusalem. And he was really, uh, it was like God was opening the door and setting the stage for finally Jerusalem to be that place where the temple would stand. Now, David desired to build the temple for God. God refused, and ultimately we see David's son Solomon as the one who actually builds the first temple.
0: Right. It's so important to understand that God always had his hand on this little piece of geography. You know, there's no doubt that Jesus had a special relationship with Jerusalem. Uh, As a young boy, he went up to Jerusalem with his family and was there for the three great aliyah. And these festivals are Passover, what we know as Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Uh, Every Jewish home was to send a representative male to the temple to worship at those three holidays. And then, of course, in Luke chapter 19 and Matthew chapter 23, we see that he wept over the city. He mourned over the city. Uh, He mourned over the unbelief of Jerusalem. Why? Because Jesus, if anyone, knew the promises. It was him. We read in Romans chapter 11, verse 25, that in the last days, all Israel will be saved. And the only way of salvation is through Jesus the Messiah. So it means that the day is coming when the nation of Israel will turn from her sins and repent and believe that Jesus is the Messiah. At that stage, then Jesus will return. He will rule. He'll reign as king and he will establish his throne in the midst of the holy city. So when Jesus was experiencing the unbelief of Jewish leaders in Jerusalem, I would imagine that that's why his heart broke, because he knew what was supposed to happen, right. and he understood that it wasn't going to happen at that point.
1: Yeah, Mitch, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, it's always intrigued me to consider Jesus standing there, looking at Jerusalem in its current condition in his day, uh, and how... They weren't ready they missed the time of their visitation and mm. it hurt him he wept he wept and he, yeah. he he said jerusalem jerusalem you who stone the prophets uh and and uh, behold your city is being left to you desolate and you will not yeah. see me again until and that until is so important because it lets us know that Yes, despite the, the pain in his heart at that moment, he understood and he proclaimed in that moment that they would see him again. Jerusalem would see him again. And when they see him again, it would be by faith. It would be accepting him as the Messiah, because he said, you won't see me again until you say, baruch haba b'shem Adonai. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And when we look, In prophecy, when we look in the New Testament, uh, when we look in places like Zechariah and we consider the second coming, the return of Jesus, Jerusalem is the place where he returns. It's Jerusalem, according to Zechariah, where he sets foot on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem as he returns. It's Jerusalem that's mentioned even beyond the second coming. uh, When we get to to that place where we're entering into the eternal uh, state in Revelation 21, where John sees the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. And we see that God's presence is His tabernacle, His presence is with His people, and we dwell with Him. There's no longer any mourning or crying or pain or death or sin, none of it. It's just completely removed from the equation. And finally, we will be able to dwell with our King, the Prince of Peace, the Sar Shalom, in the City of Peace, Jerusalem, forever and ever and
0: ever. And that's what Chosen People Ministries is all about, isn't it? I mean, we have the heart of the Messiah, that when we look at the unbelief of Jewish people, whether it be in Jerusalem or New York City mm-hmm. or Los Angeles or Chicago, wherever, wherever it might be, we're not angry. We're not, we're not upset. Our hearts are broken because we know what God's real intention is. He wants his chosen people to know him and to love him and to receive him as Messiah and King and experience the peace that only the Prince of Peace can give.
2: Technology has given us an exciting new way to reach the Jewish people with the good news of Jesus, like never before. Prior to 2014, we had to rely on billboards, buses, subways, and newspapers to get the word out. But now, with the advances of technology and your partnership, we can reach tens of thousands of Jewish people with a simple click of a button in this exciting digital age. So, learn more about our mission and help us continue reaching Jewish people over the internet by going online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or connect with us over the phone by calling one of our team members at 888-293-7482. Thanks! We look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And right now, we're very blessed to have our dear sister, Robin, who serves with us in Israel. And we're going to hear a wonderful interview between her and Mitch.
0: It's a joy for me to introduce to you my colleague and and friend, Robin, who has done uh, so much to help Jewish people better understand Jesus as the Messiah. Robin has an exciting testimony. She actually came to faith through Chosen People Ministries. And uh, we're going to let her... Tell her own story now. Shalom again. This is Mitch Glazer, and I have the joy of speaking to Robin, who is one of our staff members in Israel. And uh, Robin's been serving with Chosen People for many years and has significant responsibilities in Israel. And, well, she's just a, a wonderful person and has a really terrific grasp of what's happening in the country and also, of course, of the work of the Lord as we're reaching out to Jewish people in the land of Israel. So Robin, welcome.
3: Shalom. It's good to be here, Mitch.
0: So why don't you take a moment and maybe talk to us a little bit about how you found the Lord or how the Lord found you?
3: Okay, Mitch. Well, I um, grew up in a traditional Jewish home in Brooklyn, I went to a public school, but three days a week after school, went to religious Jewish school. So I grew up um, observing the Jewish holidays, keeping kosher, doing many things that Jewish people do. And when I was in college, I was home for a break. And I, at that point in time, I was living with one foot, one foot. I always believed in the God of Israel. I still kept traditions and holidays and kept kosher. But I was also partying a lot and living a very um, secular party lifestyle. And I was home from college and I met my mom's friend who was a Jewish believer in Jesus. And she and her Messianic rabbi came to talk to me. His name was Michael Rydelnik. He was leading a Chosen People Ministries congregation at the time in Long Island near my parents' house. And they both shared with me about uh, Yeshua being the Messiah. And I did not want to hear it at all. I was quite furious um, that they could even suggest such a thing because I had experienced anti-Semitism growing up in the name of Jesus. So I didn't want to hear it. But my mom's friend, she was great. And she would come over all the time and share with me a prophecy and I would get upset with her and she would just laugh and say, okay, you had enough for now. And she'd um, go home and pray for me and then come over again and share another prophecy. And one day she shared Isaiah 53 with me, a clear picture of the one who suffers and dies for our sins. And I became furious. I was completely shocked that my scriptures had such a clear picture of Yeshua, of Jesus. And I had never been taught that or shown that before. And um, that was the beginning of a whole new life for me.
0: Wow. And then you accepted Yeshua as your Messiah, I assume, and your life began changing. Is that true?
3: Completely.
0: So you've been focused, of course, on the Lord's work. Our folks listening by radio love Israel and love the Jewish people and their They really want to see the gospel go out to Jewish people in Israel. So tell us what's going on.
3: Yeah, it's really exciting because having lived here in a time period when there were approximately 2,000 believers in Israel, and most of us came in from outside, and now the numbers range. Some people say 20,000, some say 30,000, but we have a whole generation of believers that were born here and raised here, and the gospel is going out. We have two ministry centers here and almost 20 staff. And through events, through relationships, we're able to talk about Yeshua in a way that in the past, if you mentioned Yeshua, someone would almost run away from you or fear you. Now people are more curious. Why Why do you believe that? How did that happen? And there's a lot of opportunity to plant some really good solid seeds for the gospel. And we've seen people come to faith.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Now, Robin, we've had some really tough times in Israel recently. We've had a, an 11-day war with Gaza. We've had, of course, the, the missile attacks as part of that war. We've also had really uh, testy elections and a transition from Netanyahu to Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid. And now we've had an increase in COVID cases again, you know, Israelis are viewed as survivors. You know, they just keep on keeping going. And so, what's, what's the mood in Israel right now, Robin, uh, in light of some of these difficulties?
3: It has been very up and down, very up and down. From our last intense closure, people were, like many people around the world, just tired of these lockdowns. And our lockdowns were quite strict and they were often enforced. So people, you know, there were times people were very down, very lonely. It is a very relational country and they love to crowd each other and hug each other um, more than almost any place I've ever been. So there were a lot of times that were lonely and hard and people were frustrated. Then it all opened up again and people are resilient. And in a day, it seemed like it never happened. And people were out and the cafes were flooded and the parks were full of laughter. Um, and you know, we reopened our center and planned events and then boom, rockets came in numbers we've never seen at once before. Like they were throwing, instead of a few rockets at a time at a city, we were getting 100 to 130 within a few minutes on Tel Aviv, on Ramadan, on places. Um, where our staff live and where we have centers and the places right outside Gaza still where we care for so many elderly and Holocaust survivors and Ashkelon they were bombarded constantly with rockets so suddenly all that joy and exuberance went into hiding in bomb shelters and then that stopped and we came out and life started opening and becoming normal again and now there's the disappointment of seeing this new variant um, spreading. So it's it's up and down. I think people are mostly trying to stay in the positive mode right now and be hopeful. The same with the government change. I think for the most part, people are trying to be hopeful of good things ahead. But not everyone is sure it will hold either. You know, we've had so many elections <laughs> in the past few right, years. right? And so there's hopefulness now. And I think people are hanging on to all the positive. But there's also a little discouragement. It's very hard to travel Our families can't come visit us there's still a lot of restrictions
0: wow well robin i want you to know that our listeners are going to be praying for you for chosen people ministries in israel people who are listening again love israel love the jewish people and we're going to pray for the peace of jerusalem psalm 122 verse 6. when we pray for the peace of jerusalem we're really praying that the prince of peace will reign and live in the hearts of those we're praying for. So Robin, thank you so much for joining us uh, from Israel. And we do pray God's richest blessings on your life and ministry. So Shalom.
3: Shalom.
2: As the nation of Israel struggles to keep control of the promised land and her enemies fight and riot against her, how can we know that Israel's future will indeed be glorious? That's the topic of our latest offer, a book written by Harold Sevener, the past president of Chosen People Ministries, called Israel's Glorious Future. Explore the ancient prophecies that reveal the faithfulness of God's everlasting covenants with His chosen people in this concise guide. Request your copy of Israel's Glorious Future today by visiting us online at chosenpeople.com slash offer. That's chosenpeople.com/offer or ask for Harold Seveners book when you call 888-293-7482. We look forward to hearing from you soon.
1: Today on the Chosen People, we've been talking about Jerusalem. We were able to meet with Robin, one of our leaders in Israel. But right now, Mitch, I wanted to talk to you about a book that Randall Price wrote called What Should We Think About Israel?
0: Yeah, it's a wonderful book. It's uh, I, I got one one chapter in, in the book on Jerusalem, and the rest of the book is, is terrific. Randall teaches at Liberty University, and he's just a fantastic archaeologist and scholar. Mm-hmm. But I wrote the chapter on Jerusalem as the capital of Israel uh, because, as we all uh, know, the U.S. finally recognized that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. A lot of people tell me we hear the United States make Jerusalem the capital of Israel, I, say, I tell them that's not exactly what happened. You know, the U.S. cannot actually make another country's city a capital. It has always been the capital mm-hmm. of Israel in the Bible and always been the capital of Israel with the modern state of Israel. It's actually mentioned 800 times in the Bible, mm-hmm. Jerusalem. 660 verses are in the Old Testament, 142 in the New Testament, there are 465 references in the Old Testament, and 24 in the New Testament uh, to Jerusalem in one way or another, Mm -hmm. and many are prophetic uh, in context, as we've discussed. We need to let the Bible inform our minds on how we should think about Israel, the Jewish people, and Jerusalem. And so if somebody says, is Jerusalem the capital of Israel, remember to say, yes, and it always has been. Mm -hmm. We're grateful for the recognition. But until the Messiah returns in glory, we need to continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem because there won't be peace until the Prince of Peace reigns on his rightful throne. So pray for the peace of Jerusalem and remember the promise. They will prosper, Who love thee? Psalm 122, verse 6. And I hope that if we have any kind of impact uh, today on the Chosen People ministry program, it will be that you will commit yourself to praying for the peace of Jerusalem.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today. And if you would like to learn more about Israel and her history, or if you'd like to discover how you can partner with Chosen People Ministries, then let me encourage you to stop by our website. You'll find a variety of resources available, and you can even sign up for our special Inside Israel newsletter. Just go to Chosen People Ministries at chosenpeople.com slash radio. And now, to close us with the ironic Benediction, here's Mitch Glazer once again. <laughs>
0: Ya'er Adonai Panevelecha V'ikunecha Yis Adonai Panevelecha V'yasehmlecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift His countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. Beshem shall Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom. In the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.
1: The Chosen People is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries.